This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of September 27th. I'm your host, Steve Swab. Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. Kovac, I mean, not domination. You had two homegrown guys at the Jackson 100, both from Martinsville, Indiana, Hudson O'Neill. And Ricky Thornton Jr. duking it out for a, one of the most, you know, historic races we have in our sport. You got James Essex, the voice of Brownstown Speedway for so many years. It just felt like a vintage classic night. But Ricky Thornton Jr. gets by Hudson O'Neill after Huddy got by him a few laps prior. Picks up a Jackson 100 title at another, what would you say, home track victory, home state victory, since now he resides in the Hoosier State. Just getting kind of old, but not really for Ricky Thornton Jr. We're just talking about him every single week. He gets the job done. It just felt like kind of like a vintage uh, weekend. We'll get to the you know Friday night with Robert Holman, but Ricky Thornton Jr. does it again. He held off a uh, hometown kid as well, Hudson O'Neill. Yeah, it's kind of funny there, uh, James Essex. You know the the, I mean he's he's the number one Hoosier now, right? Because he won the World One Hundred with Hudson O'Neill, uh, you know, two weeks ago and. And here he is getting the call at his home track. He's getting the call to Martinsville, Indiana guys, you know, like two guys that don't live for him. Of course, you know, and Ricky Thornton's from Arizona, lived in Ohio, Iowa, where he won the Knoxville Nationals a week ago. And now he uh, goes to now he lives in Martinsville, Indiana, Indiana, not far from Essex, just like Hudson O'Neill. So Essex had to have been in his glory up there in his, uh, you know, his his home announcing booth. Um, calling those two battling for a win. Uh, it, it, Ricky Thornton thought this was uh, not going to be his race after he was a, after Hudson was able to get by him just a little bit after the halfway point. But, man, uh, Ricky Thornton, you just don't count him out this year. I mean, he finds a way, it seems like. And uh, he was racing in front of his uh, his owners, you know, Todd and Vicky Burns, who who live there. And, you know, more, more, they're the SSI Motorsports team's based in uh, nearby in Morgantown, Indiana. So that, he had that little angle going too, and uh, he was able to get back by him, back by O'Neill, and uh, and get the win. And that's 29 wins, 17 full field, full field Lucas Oil wins this year. Uh, 29 total wins. He's approaching like right around $900,000 in in earnings. So I mean, it's a it's a basically assured that he's going to get a million dollar season just with. Uh, uh, even a fourth place finish in the Lucas Oil Championship deal would bring him another hundred grand. So, it's uh, it, it just keeps getting more and more amazing for him. Um, you know, you, you you run out of superlatives, I guess, to say about Ricky Thornton the way he's going this year. Yeah, and he's doing it like always possible. Kovac, he'll dominate one weekend, like at Knoxville, where he leads majority of the race. This one, he has to have a late race charge after he gets passed by Hudson O'Neill. He's doing it all sorts of ways, isn't he, Kyle McFadden? Like, it's it's pretty impressive. Like, J.D. last year, he was winning 100 laps, like, start to finish, kind of cruise control. Ricky Thornton, RTJ's finding different ways to do it. And for a guy that's kind of only in his fifth, you know, you know, season kind of, because, I don't know, it's it's pretty cool. Like, just overall, what just your thoughts on just the ways the ways he's winning? He's winning all sorts. Uh, Kovac said last week he could win on the top and run the cushion. He could run that smooth, uh, clean line in the bottom middle. I don't really know how many like fast times like Ricky Thornton Jr. has had this year, but I would bet that it's not as many as Jonathan Davenport has had last year. Um, but to your point, 
I mean, he's winning in like a multitude of ways, right? Probably he's found probably more ways to win. Well, he has found more ways to win period than Jonathan Davenport did last year, you know? So um, I just like, I just like remember a conversation I had with Ricky Thornton and his team back at the show me 100, like, and then that too, like we forget, like he lost that race because of, uh, you know, that, that, that droop fallout. Right. I mean, like, imagine if he would have won that, but like what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that, um, like he told me back then, back in May that, you know, they, they, they really, really are at the top of their game later on in the race with like whatever they found, like setup wise. Um, and so, I mean, he told me that back then that he was really excited for the summer and uh, especially the longer distance races because he just feels he feels even more comfortable after lap 50 and 100 lap race than he does before the night or just uh, earlier on, like in the night. So, um, yeah, just like whatever they've found is 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 later on in the race, later on in races. I mean, it's like that night that Kevin and I we were at uh, Georgetown Speedway over in Delaware. And uh, just like Ricky Thornton Jr. was, uh, you know, riding around like in the podium top five most of the night. And then like it's like one of the last restarts. He flips the switch. He he turns it up on a level that nobody else can match and and uh, goes on and wins the race by multiple seconds. I mean, that's that's pretty symbolic that night of, 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 of his whole year. And uh, he's just continuing to find ways to win. And, and we're running out of angles to, on stories to write because I mean, he's, he's won 29 times now. And, and uh, yeah, it's just a, a crazy season that he's having for sure. Yeah. And we got the Pittsburgher this weekend. He's a former champion. We got Eldora for the dirt track, plenty of money out there. I'm sure he'll be at the castle race as well. So I feel like there's going to be a lot more victories for RTJ. We can talk about RTJ all episode long and I'm sure we will get with, get to him on the topic but just another cool moment robert holman on friday night mike marler picked up a hard-fought win holding off rtj for the cj rayburn memorial you had james essex i tweeted out he deserved every single lap of that race because he's he put so much into the event this year trying to raise money for lap sponsors what that track means to him what cj rayburn means to the sport uh you could tell he was very emotional when you know marler finished the race uh it was awesome to see. And then afterwards, just a close friend to C.J. Rayburn, Mikey Marler from Tennessee, drove for him, uh, looked up to the guy. He was very emotional. I'm for, sh- I'm going to say right now that will definitely be a top five, you know, moment for the dirt on dirt at the end of the year. It was, you know, of all the stuff that happens in our sport, people complaining, uh, track prep's not very good at tracks, tires blown up, just all this dumb BS all the time. It felt really good to just have that on Friday night. It was pretty special in my eyes. Yes, you know, Rayburn is just uh CJ Rayburn was just one of those guys. He was uh he was different, you know, he was uh but he was uh kind of like the godfather of of the chassis, you know, that we we use and he endeared himself to a lot of people in his uh crazy mad scientist type way and uh you know, Mike Marler is one of those people. When you think about when I think about CJ Rayburn and, and pairing of drivers, and I know I'm going to miss a bunch because there are very few that didn't 
at some point drive a CJ Rayburn race car. There are very few people who who CJ didn't help at some point. But when I think about, you know, CJ Rayburn and, and drivers, I, you know, the first person that comes to my mind is Jeff Purvis. And then then there's a long list after that, you know, uh, and, and in more recent years, you have uh, Dennis Herb Jr. You have Mikey Marler. You have uh, Rusty Slink. You have a lot of these guys who, uh, you know, and Don O'Neill, you know, in the 2000s. So there's a lot of guys that that have sat in in Rayburn cars who Rayburn helped over the years. And for these guys to come out for uh, and, and to have and for James to put this together for a CJ. And you know, we have to keep in mind that Brownstown is the only place where CJ Rayburn, who was a legendary car builder, a legendary, you know, became started with building engines and then became a legendary car builder. Was a pretty decent driver in his own right, you know, and that's what's one of the cool things. And and he won his only track championship, his only career track championship, I think, came at Brownstown. So, you know, Brownstown to Whiteland's not a bad drive. So so that's a place where where CJ would go and run his cars, you know, and make sure and, and test a lot of stuff. So uh, so it's a perfect place for a, a memorial race to such a legend. And then it had a perfect ending with Mike Marler, who who ran Rayburn cars uh, a lot of a lot of years. I remember at Duck River Speedway, uh, this was probably about 2006, maybe 2007. We'd bought a, a Rayburn race car ourselves, and we're running over there. And Mike Marler was there driving a Rayburn car that belonged to uh, to a guy out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And he got into the wall and bent a, a I believe he bent a right front control arm. And there wasn't but one other person at Duck River that had those kind of spares. And uh, that was my brother and I. We had we had some Rayburn stuff. We had some right, right front Rayburn spares. And, uh, and he came over and got one from us to keep on going. I think he might have even won the race. So, you know, Mike Marler, um, he loved CJ. CJ loved him. They were a good pairing. And uh, he was one of those young guys that CJ liked to help, just like Dennis Irv Jr. was at, at one point, a young guy that, that CJ kind of picked up and, and said, if you listen to me, you, we'll get you going in the right direction. So to see Mikey Marler win that race, was really, really awesome. And I think that it just speaks to the relationship that that Mikey and CJ had by seeing how emotional uh, Mike Marler was in victory lane. Because, you know, these guys that win a lot of races, sometimes they take it for granted when they win. These guys that are as competitive as Mike Marler, they expect to win when they show up at the racetrack. But it's obvious that a, a wins are still special uh, to Mike Marler. It's obvious that these guys still know the difference between going out and just winning a regular race and winning something as special as a C.J. Rayburn Memorial. It meant a lot to a lot of people in that area. And even though Mike Marler is from Tennessee, it was, it was very obvious how special that victory was to him. So it was a, a fitting end to Friday night to see Marler in victory lane for sure. Yeah, just it was a great interview. Got me emotional watching it. Uh, Kovac, what's your just your overall thoughts of that race and Friday night? Because we see a lot of negativity come 
just just that's just the way society is nowadays. It seems like, but that was that was a, like I said earlier, it was it was freaking badass. Yeah, like when I when I turned it on, I I didn't catch the whole thing live. Uh, I kind of got the last maybe ten laps, I think. I turn it on and there's Marler leading. And, and at, at first it didn't even like I, it, it took me like a minute or so to realize like, wait a minute, he's this is the CJ Rayburn Memorial. Mike Marler has a heck of a connection with him. I mean, Mike's had like he's put the CJ one like somewhere on his car a lot of times, something about Rayburn on there a lot, kind of like a memory thing for him. Um, just a thank, uh, you know, thanking him for everything he's done for him. And, you know, like, man, this will be cool if he wins it. And then there, it was a heck of a battle too, towards the end. And, uh, he pulls it out and I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was, I was anxious to see how Marler would respond in victory lane, how he would act. And, and, uh, you know, cause, uh, Marler always says the right words too. He always has a great way to describe races and, uh, he was a little bit after when he got out of that car, he seemed like, he, you know, obviously the tears come out a little bit and he was, he, he was struggling to get the words out. And, and that's usually not a thing that you have with Mike. I mean, he, the words flow out of him very quickly. And, uh, and you, so that, that kind of told you how much that win meant to him. So, uh, and I, it was cool. You love to see those kind of stories. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Congrats to Mike Marler on Friday. Congrats to Ricky Thorian Jr. on winning the big payday on Saturday at the Jackson County Fairgrounds there in southern Indiana. So, Ricky Thornton Jr., last two weeks, has dominated, swept Knoxville, won the Jackson 100. Before that, we had guy Bobby Pierce. He was on absolutely fire and a tear, winning all these races. He elected to take two weekends off, concentrating on the World of Outlaw points, uh, try to fix his race car he damaged at Eldora. So that got me kind of thinking of what we could do for today's topic when we were starting, when we were talking about it today is, you know, guys that get 100 starts, they're racing every weekend. They're trying to get as many wins as possible. Um, is that better? Or guys like maybe Chris Ferguson, who's, you know, picks and chooses, trying to be selected, but every time he unloads, He's usually a top five race car, you know, competing, you know, competing at the front. So Robert Holman, Ricky Thornton Jr. He's capitalizing because he's still racing every week, and obviously he has to because of the Lucas Oil Racing Series. But I feel like if Lucas is off, he'd still be going out in there to race because he's a guy that always just races one hundred times. Or can you be selective and still maybe get that number one ranking? It's very, it's just very tough. Like guys. Picking and choosing, we've kind of touched on it the last few weeks, but we're really going to dive in it this week. You know, I think if uh, if we're talking about success, then you can, if you're just talking about driver success and what they do on paper and what they're trying to accomplish, uh, if they're trying to make money or they're trying to get wins, then I think that's definitely doable by just racing 40 to 60 races a year. But if we're talking about rankings, I think that by sometimes not, I don't, I don't dock a person for missing a couple weekends. It's not, you know, but when the person that you're kind of going head to head with, like for instance, this year with Bobby Pierce and with Ricky Thornton Jr., when you miss a couple weekends and that person goes out and wins a big race, uh, that kind of is different. That's a whole different animal when we're talking about rankings. 
you know, because this guy set out and all of a sudden this guy went and won a big race against a 45 or 50 car field. It almost seems like that weekend carries that single weekend carries more weight than the last two or three weeks. Now, if they both sit out again, if we're talking about rankings, if they both sit out a weekend and the third or fourth place guy goes in the rankings, goes out and wins a big race, it's very likely, in my opinion, and I can't speak for the other voters of our power rankings, but it's very likely, in my opinion, that those two drivers will remain the same. They will not, you know, things won't change. But if we're talking, you know, and you correct me, steer this a different direction, uh, Derek, however you want it to go. But if we're talking about success, I look no further than to East Tennessee, to, to Dale McDowell and what his brother and them had done. You know, they are running a, a very limited schedule and have gotten and have be, been very successful this year, won some big money races, had a good year. And if you look, Dale has been rewarded with that by he think he climbed to fifth in the poll one time i'm not sure what he is this week because i actually haven't looked at it uh i'm on vacation if you can see from the 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 artwork behind me so i haven't really looked at where he's ranked this this week i think i ranked him sixth personally so he's right around there i think we've rewarded him for the effort he's put in you know and then you look at another guy i want to throw this out there kyle larson who has been competitive, who was competitive every time he got in the car for Kevin Rumley. He's not even in our rankings now because, you know, uh, absence, you know, they say it makes the heart grow fonder, but I'm not 100% sure in our rankings if that actually is true. I think the more you skip races, the the more likely you are to, to uh fall out of out of drivers you know get out of the mind of dry, of uh, voters and, and and again steer this any direction you want to go because i'm not 100 sure where you want if we want to talk about sheer success or if we want to talk about how we rank people but uh but those are some some ideas of what you know are going on in my mind at least yes you can be super successful like a dale mcdowell and there are there are a couple times this year that I wasn't sure if he wasn't the best driver in the country uh, early in the season when he was winning some big races. I'm talking about Dale McDowell. But then you have guys like Ricky Thornton Jr. and Bobby Pierce who go out and just dominate the season. And then it's obviously clear that those two are heads, uh, heads and shoulders above everyone else. So even when Pierce takes uh, a couple weeks off, he is not falling that far behind Ricky Thornton Jr. It probably wouldn't take but one big win, you know, for him to get right back above him. Uh, that's how close those two have been all season long. And just like in the news cycle, just like in, you know, social media comic fat in, like Pierce was on this hot streak, he wins at Fairbury, but then all of a sudden two weeks go by, you, you don't really forget about him, but you know, all the hype and all the attention's going to Ricky Thornton Jr. So that's a, another thing you got to take into account when you're maybe doing the rankings or, you know, like that's because like, hey, I think Ricky Thornton Jr. is number one because we just haven't seen Bobby, which it's only been like two weeks. But, you know, still people are going to think that way. Just that's just how we're moving towards this, you know, society with all the, you know, 
internet, live broadcast, and stuff like that. Yeah, so like after RTJ swept of the Knoxville Lay Model Nationals, I was one of two voters that still had Bobby Pierce um, at the top of my poll just because he took that weekend off. I felt like, you know, Bobby Pierce's two wins during the world is his two prelim wins and and his charge up the third that was all for naught. Um, I just felt like Bobby's performance in the World 100, even though he couldn't have a finish to show for it, was stronger than it was RTJ's. And even though RTJ had swept the Knoxville late, late model nationals, I still, I didn't, I just still felt it was right to, to keep Bobby in my number one. But then RTJ, he uh, goes out the next weekend, wins at Brownstown. We were on the show last week, I think, and uh, I made a comment that RTJ could go out and win at least one more race this weekend or last weekend at Brownstown. Sure enough, he did. So then, like, yeah, like, of of course, RTJ has to, you know, of, of course, then you have to put him back up at number one, right? And so um, if you didn't in, in the week prior, but it's like when, um, you know, I think the closest comparison, I mean, just like load management wise, picking and choosing events, because there's so many of them uh during the course of a calendar year if you had to compare sport to auto racing uh it'd be golf right and so like i was curious and i was looking at like tiger woods's numbers you know through the years and when he was younger i mean he was playing in close to 90 events per year that sounds a lot like dirt racing right uh and then toward the tail end of his career i mean he he was only only entering 50-ish events 60 at most now i mean he's lucky just to see the golf course for other reasons but um but yeah i mean it's 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 there's so many bigger races these days right and i don't like run a race team but i coach a basketball team and like we have four and a half month season and like i help out with like building our schedule and there was one year where like I loaded up close to 40 games on our schedule and then realized, oh, wait, like those that's way, way too many games. Next season, we I think we play like 25 games and uh, it was just an easier season on me and all the kids and all the parents and such because of load management. And so and picking and choosing and picking and choosing who you're playing too, and also uh, a guy like Jimmy Owens, for instance, too, we could go off in completely different directions, but like Jimmy Owens, he, he pulls off a national tour for the first time and, um, or just like his schedule isn't as loaded with those national touring races. He's more so racing down in the South and he's finding, finding a lot of, uh, success again. Right. And, and so it all depends on what your race team is built for. You have to know who you have in your organization on your team to be able to make whatever you're trying to do work. And so, um, and yeah, but like for like Bobby Pierce's case and Ricky Thornton Jr.'s case, I mean, it has been a slug fest with them really since 
really since June 1st, probably, right? Since the start of June, you know, those two have, have really gone back and forth. And so, and there's, there's no rest for the weary. Uh, there's no slowing down. This thing's going to go right down to the wire. And uh, if Bobby Pierce wins three national championships, does, does that decide driver of the year, you know, right then and there, no matter what Ricky Thornton Jr. does. So, yeah, I mean, it's an open-ended discussion. And it all depends, I guess, on how much you race. Yeah, and Kovac, it's almost like you better keep racing to stay on top, right? Like, just that's how you vote. It's just how you're thinking. I mean, if, like for the AP poll, if, like a football team has like a bye week for college, so, you know, they might slip down in the rankings because the eye tests recently biased are seeing the guys that just played or the teams that just played. So I think that kind of stays true for, you know, the regular season voting. I don't think maybe as much as when we all get together and vote for the, you know, the final five because – I mean, that's kind of your whole, like, yearly work in progress. But I think for, like, the weekly power rankings, you definitely be need to be racing so you stay on top. And obviously Bobby Pierce is taking the effect from it this past weekend. Yeah, no doubt about that. The, you know, if you're – if, if you don't race, you are out of the mind. I mean, and that's finally – like Kyle Larson finally fell out of the top 25. Like, you know, you feel this is a power ranking. It's not the driver of the year that we're doing. So if a guy's not racing – uh, then, you know, he's, he's, he's slipping out of the mind. He's slipping out of the, out of the, the, the story. So he, you have to move him down a little bit. I mean, obviously we're not moving Bobby Pierce down the third or fourth or fifth, just because he sat out two races, but Ricky Thornton jr. He did continue to race. Um, and, and those were two races that, I mean, I really would have loved to have seen Bobby Pierce run Knoxville and Brownstown. He's good at both places. You know, he's, he just won a, a prelim race at Knoxville the year before and, I mean, could, I, I think it would have been pretty entertaining seeing Bobby Pierce trying to run that outside there with uh, Ricky Thornton. I think it would have been one heck of a, a battle that those two could have had there. I mean, it would have been a nice showdown. Uh, and the same with Brownstown. Seeing Bobby is seems like he's he's always good at Brownstown. We were kind of robbed a little bit of that. Maybe we got mad about Bobby Pierce doing, you know, not racing it. So that's why we moved him down. But no, I'm just kidding. But Ricky, you, you can't overlook two straight major wins uh, that Ricky, no matter if Bobby's in that field or not, we're not, he's not locked in. This is a power ranking of you're the guy that's the hottest, basically the, you know, the, the hottest driver at that time. And, and Ricky, when he wins two races in a row, you got to keep him up there. And, um, but it, it is a, we do talk, you have to, you know, you're factoring in these, these, these races. I mean, you're running like a hundred races a year. Not everybody can do that. I mean, there's, you got to have the resources like Ricky Thornton does and, and Bobby Pierce, maybe he doesn't have quite the resources as, as a, as a, a owner operator compare. He has plenty of sponsors. He's gotten some good sponsorship and stuff, but he's not racing for a car owner like, uh, like Ricky Thornton is. So maybe he, you, you do have to be a little smarter sometimes, you know, when you don't have quite the resources like, like Bobby did. He, and maybe if he didn't hit, if he didn't have to get a new clip on his car after world 100, uh, I bet you it would have been more likely that uh, he would have run at least one of those last two weeks. Uh, but you have to take some, some little breaks in there when you, uh, when you, when you don't have, you know, total, when, when you got to be a little smarter with your, uh, your finances and your, uh, in your equipment. And, uh, but man, when you, you could race every race, that seems like the ideal situation. And that's what uh, Ricky Thornton is there. He's racing just about every race he can. Uh, it, the only 
even when he doesn't race, he takes a couple races off, a couple days off. He goes and runs his own micro sprint somewhere, and uh, he just loves racing. He's fallen in with this group, with the SSI Motorsports, that really allows him to go racing as much as uh, as humanly possible. And uh, and he's a younger guy. He's just in his early 30s, and and he doesn't have all the years. He used to run a. He said he ran 147 modified races, basically with his own equipment not too long ago when he was in Iowa. So this is a guy that will race as much as he can. He doesn't get tired out. Uh, Dale McDowell, he, he will admit it. He's not going to run a hundred races. Uh, but when you run a hundred races, that means you're running a lot of big tracks, small tracks, medium tracks, uh, heavy tracks, uh, slick tracks. And that makes you uh, unbelievably well-rounded driver. Uh, if, if you're, only running to 40 to 60, you're probably means you're picking and choosing more of where you're going uh, to where you think that you'll be the best. And, um, and so it, it's, it's tough to overcome that driver. Who's run, if, if he has all this, all the resources to be able to do so many races and keep up the pace and keep up the, I mean, it's grueling to do that and to keep it up like in, you know, just physically too, not just with the race car and, Ricky can do that, and uh, and and that's why you know he, he's standing out this year. I think. Good point, sir. Kovac, Robert. It's like the thing we've said. Like a lot of races where you can be pickers and choosers. You can take weekends off. I mean, Bobby Pierce at this point has eighty-two starts on the season. He has nine more outlaw starts. That's ninety-one, plus the rest of the Castrol, the Dirt Track World Championship. He's still going to get to 100 events starting, so he's got he has plenty of nights he'll get under his belt. Rarely do guys get to 100 up until like you know the last couple of years, but we're, we're we're going to see a lot of guys get over the 100 mark more and more. I think here in the, here in the next couple of years. So yeah, Pierce, but that just shows he's missing two full weeks of racing, two high pain profile events, and he's still going to get over 100 nights. So he he he's due to have a load management like we see in the NBA in in my mind. Well, the thing about, you know, about the sport where it's at right now, you can, like, you know, we've talked, we can talk, take those races off and still get paid. You know, we're not really missing huge paydays. We've seen Jonathan Davenport do it. You know, you look at uh, one thing before I kind of it passes, it slips my mind. Ricky Thornton Jr., I think I saw on his Facebook page, uh, Tuesday that looking for some micro races to run the first two weeks of October. He's already planning ahead to run. I think of all his races he's ran this year. I think he's ran 14 or 15, somewhere in that, that, uh, that neighborhood of races that weren't in a, in a super late model. So not only is he continuing to stack up these races in, in late model racing, he's adding races to it in other divisions. And that's just a sign of a, a person who really, does want to go race and and uh, i i respect that if you're if you're not getting burned out i respect that if you have the resources so that's good or fine fine but you, you have to look at like Pierce. he needed to take a couple weeks off because he is trying to win this world of outlaws championship so sometimes there's like like well i want to have patient and sometimes it's like i need to get my ducks in a row to close out this year and i think if he wasn't running for walls uh championship we may have seen him run a couple of these races that he's. but when you tear up a car 
tear up a good race car and needs a clip on it, it you're not you know we're not just talking about unbolting some parts and, and getting some parts bolted back on it, lining the front front end and scaling it and smashing some springs and going on about your business. We're talking about knocking the clip off one that has to go all the way back to North Carolina. And we're not talking about a short drive to North Carolina from where they're at. They don't live a few hours from, from Longhorn. They live a half a day's drive from Longhorn. Understandable that they took this time off. And I don't, for the record, I do not penalize a person for taking a time, time off when I'm looking at the polls, the rankings. I don't penalize them from taking a weekend off, okay? But like I said, when the person that you're kind of even with goes out that weekend and wins a major event, it makes a big difference. So, uh, so anyway, as far as getting to 100 races or keeping it at, at 80 or whatever, it's really driver preference because there are so good paying races out there you can still make a living by skipping a few events. You know, it wasn't that long ago where you, if you're trying to make a living doing this, you needed to be a good paying events. If the race paid $50,000 and you're trying to make a living racing, you needed to be at that race. It was imperative because it probably paid decent amount to start. Go win one of those races or two of those races, it makes your whole season. Now it's just like, Ho home, it's another 50k, whatever. Oh, it's 25 next week, 20 the week after. Oh, and then we three weeks from now we go right back into a 50k race or a hundred thousand to win race. So the options are so there. There's so many more options for drivers to win big races, and you got to think a guy like RTJ, a guy like. Uh, Jonathan Davenport, all these top, any driver in our top, say, 15, maybe even deeper, probably deeper, any driver there can win a $50,000 race on any given night. It's If you want to compare it to a, a, uh, a stick and ball sport now, you really should compare it to the NCAA tournament that's, that's not a series because uh, let's think, let's say on a, if we're talking about a series of, of events, the, a, a Ricky Thornton Jr., Bobby Pierce, Jonathan Davenport, those guys are going to win a best of seven, okay? But on any given night, somebody else can come in and win, you know, a Dalton Wilson. Somebody else can come in on any given night and upset everyone and win you know, a 50K race. It's doable. We've seen it. So let's think that drivers look and say, we've got all these opportunities. Why kill ourselves? Let's just take a weekend off, get our ducks in a row, and go back and win the next one. I think that's what you see with a lot of drivers. And that just goes, and I have no problem with that. That just goes to uh, to the many, many options that are available in our sport right now, which is you know, let's not complain about it. That's a good thing for drivers. Yeah, for sure. It also helps that, uh, that, you know, Bobby's won 12 features in the last 15 starts. So fighting until he's probably looking at, okay, we can, like I said, 
We have $150,000 for Outlaws or winning Castrol. Castrol, we're winning the XR Series. So he could be a three three time national champion in one season. Uh, Kovac, you said he had one more thing. He pinged me. Well, yeah, it's like, like, yeah, with, with Robert talking about like how many $50,000 to win chances there are now. And then guys, you know, like they, they have so many chances where they have, they don't feel horrible if they don't go to one, you know, like, I mean, like, like Robert said, they used to have, you got a 50 grand race. You couldn't pass it up. If you were a serious full-time racer, you had to be there. And, what I kind of find a little funny is like all these, you know, so many years, so many racers have been like, we got these races don't pay enough money. We got to, we, we want to be, you, I mean, if there's a 50 grand race, you got to be there and support it. You got to be there. You know, you, you can't skip a race or these tracks won't want to pay it. Um, and now so many races are paying that and you're not getting every, you know, like every guy isn't going to every race. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I think it is, it, they maybe they I mean they want that they want all these races to pay that much money but when all the races do pay that much money they and if they're having a good year they could you know not have to go to all of them and it's it's kind of like a catch-22 here all the time I think with some things where uh they, they have letting many more opportunities to to go for 50 grand or more and uh or even you know over 20 or 30 grand and and they don't go to every one where like if, if you would have heard so many drivers talk so just not too long ago, you would have thought they would make sure they were at every single race. And, and now, well, I don't like that track. I'm, that's the one I'm like, I don't like that. You got to run the top there. And, you know, they got a cushion at that race. It's a little bull ring. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to run that race or something. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's a little, it's a, it makes a little, it's a little funny sometimes the way you think about it, but yeah, then then there's there's the human aspect here too, where like uh, you, know, you can't run everything uh, all the time. Uh, if unless you're you better have everything, like you said, the resources and your physical ability better be there to 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 keep up that kind of pace. But it, it does let you be more selective, and and that does spread money around, I guess too, since the those the same guys. Uh, what might not be at every race, you know? Like I mean, if there's 60 or 70 or 80 cars at every big event. That's a lot of guys going home without money. It's kind of unsustainable. It's you kind of want to have less cars to to keep everybody, uh, you know, with some money in their pocket. Uh, you get too many going home without money. It doesn't it probably it can't last that long. So it might be good to, you know, guys don't go to every race. They spread out and go where they want to go. All right. We're going to need a shot clock for you next time. Go back. Well, he's muted. Ah, you gotcha. there you go. I just said, there you go. Just, right. You got me quick there. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, regardless, it's going to be a final, you know, fun two months as we head to the first weekend in October between those two guys. Uh, just overall, we'll see if anybody in both, you know, series can stop Bobby Pierce or Ricky Thornton Jr. Right now, RTJ capitalized, made some moves while Bobby Pierce was uh, regrouping and refreshing to get their stuff ready for that final late-season push. We'll see them both tonight, though, at Tyler County. All right, one more thing. Kyle McFadden, we'll lead off with you to get the show over with. Yeah, um, I found it interesting that Jason Feger won his, looking back through our history page, his first-ever Mars Series Championship, or his Mars Championship Series, so... Over this past weekend, Mike Harrison picked up the win at Tri-City, his second late model win of the year. Um, he picked up Rookie of the Year honors at the age of 48. You know, his first year in the dirt late model, longtime modified star, 
finding success in the uh, dirt lay models. So, uh, but Jason Fegger picked up that <clears throat> Mars championship there for you, Derek, uh, in the land of Lincoln. So, shout out to and Wolf Fegger. Yeah, the high side hustler's got a got a got a kid now, so he's got to make sure he's got those wins coming in this season. Probably his best year financially in a long time. Arguably, probably is the best year. Uh, also on pace to win his first national championship in dirt car since 2009 when Kyle McFadden was still in diapers. All right, uh, Robert Holman, how about you? Uh, yeah, I would just want to uh, say uh, condolences to uh, the Walker's family. He's a, a longtime driver. He used to get out and he ran a bunch of Southern All-Star races and he traveled all over the country, actually. Uh, Jeff Walker passed away. Uh, a couple days ago, a couple days ago, I think Saturday, I'm not sure the exact date, but within a few days ago, uh, he was 64 years old. Uh, he raced out of McMinnville, Tennessee. He's a really good friend, uh, to, has been a good friend, you know, an acquaintance for sure of, of mine over the years. He raced at Winchester, Tennessee in Duck River, uh, Speedway or Duck River Raceway there a, a lot throughout his career. That was, you know, um, it's really tough when you see a guy like that uh, pass away kind of unexpectedly. I know back probably in like 93 or 94, he, I was helping a, a guy race and, and we uh, knocked the front end off a car and just, uh, just for nothing, you know, he put the car on his frame machine and, and helped pull it out and, and get it straightened out and, and scale the car and, and stuff and get us back going again. Uh, this is a guy who actually put the put the four bar brackets on on my old Rayburn race car back uh, several years ago and didn't charge me a thing. And uh, he just went out of his he loved racing and, and he went out of his way to help anybody he could. And, and I don't think I ever, ever. And I've known him since I was a kid. You know, I'm 53 and he is 64 when he passed. So it's 11, 11 years difference. So I probably first ran into him when I was about. 17 or 18 and he was already a very well-established racer in the area and i don't think i ever saw jeff walker without a smile on his face uh, he always greeted you with a wave and always greeted you with a smile. and when he came by you he always you know spoke and asked how how everybody was doing and so references to that family there in in mcminnville tennessee they lost a lost a good one and the fans and, and other drivers in the area really lost a, a person they could look up to. Yeah, condolences to uh, him and the family over there. Uh, Kevin Kovac, are, are you going to beat me to the punch here for one more thing? Or, you know, like, because the big news came out of my our boy. So, but you can have it if you want. If not, then I can take it. But I'll let you go. Yeah, I wrote up a race wire, uh, dirt wire, so I'm 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 stealing it from you. You know, I'm taking it from you. But yeah, uh, Max Blair, yeah, was announced on Monday that he's uh, going to um, end his his one year run as a teammate to Boom Briggs. The Briggs Transport team's going to end. Uh, you know, it's all on good terms. I mean, they were uh, they became very good. They'd be even better friends than they had been. You know, I, I know Boom. Uh, you know, he likes uh, he likes having the, the you know he was. He's probably like Uncle Boom now to uh, to Max's two kids, I think, on the being on the road and stuff. So, uh, uh, and they didn't have, uh, you know, like this is the second year that that Max was on on the road as a full time, 
you know, national touring driver. Probably didn't have the year, hasn't had the year that he's wanted, but he is going to win Lucas Oil Rookie of the Year, ninth in points right now. He has uh, one semi-feature win uh, on Lucas Oil Series back at the Firecracker at Lernerville. Uh, but he's going to be going to the Centerline Motorsports team. Um, that's a, you know, Western Pennsylvania team for next year. Kind of plans are un uncertain. I mean, that still needs to be determined. Uh, that he says he wants to go run again on a national tour. So we'll see how that all, uh, you know, shakes out in the next, in the coming weeks when they can start making plans for next year. And, and boom, he says he wants to, you know, back off, go back to one team, one car team, one driver team with him and his brother. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he's talked over with his brother, Steve, and boom. He'd like to give it one more shot. He figures maybe if he backs it off and takes one more shot at a, at a national tour, he can get some better results just focusing on himself. Uh, and uh, so we'll see how Boom does, you know, see if he uh, if he does it again. Or uh, I know Boom, he loves to be on the road, doesn't he? Doesn't he, uh, Derek? He loves to be in the mix. So he loves to be out there oh. with everybody. And uh, he does go. He has complained a little bit about this year. I mean, I have I've, Boom's been complaining a little bit about like uh, the series and all this, but. I think Boom will be all right. He'll he'll get over it. He's he's the mayor of the pits. He is the mayor of the pits. I know he's the butt of jokes on mm. you know people saying like he's slow. He just needs to get somebody else in that ride. Uh, but he's fueling two teams, which is huge in the national touring series the last couple of years. So for him doing that, that's pretty cool with Josh Richards in 2022, and then this year Max Blair obviously going to one car team. But you know fielding another guy that you can go out there and have a chance to make money is pretty pretty cool as well. Uh, my one more thing is I'm going to get this, uh, started here a couple weeks early. It's already getting people fired up. People have to realize Ricky Thornton Jr. The rest of the Lucas oil drivers signed at PRI, what the terms and conditions are going to be that they're going to be racing for a one race shootout at the world or at the third track world championship. Yes. You don't have to agree to it. Yes. People might think it's NASCAR. Yes. We'll probably have a topic later on once we get towards that race but people acting like this is just out of thin air that like Ricky Thor Thornton Jr. is getting screwed they knew going into the season that this could be a possibility is it fair probably not he's definitely should be the champion but I just wanted to get that off my chest like all four drivers knew going into the season that was going to be and everybody's fired up about it so I'm sure it's gonna be uh, a lot of fired up talk during the Dirt Track World Championship in a couple weeks, but it's making its rounds as I see it. Yes, like Robert Holman, which, hey, I don't agree with you in certain ways, but they all knew going into the season this could possibly happen. We just didn't know. I don't think he even he even know, knew that he was going to have a good season like he did this season. But that's how the rules are going to play out this season. We'll have to wait and see. But I just want to get that off my chest. Like, they all knew going into it. So everybody relax. They're not screwing Ricky Thornton Jr. over well, we got the Pittsburgher 100 this weekend, live on flow. We got Lucky 7. Let's see if they can get a race in. It seems like every other year it's been rained out, so hopefully they can get their race in Friday night. We got World of Outlaw action. It'll be highlights on Dirt on Dirt. Got other races in between. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. The first weekend in October. Pretty crazy as we wind down this season and we head to fall. Uh, I'm Derek Kessinger. This is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.